As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, talking season Edition. We're going to have lots of talking season coming up, but the first salvo of talking season was the Big 12 Media Days. Sam Khan of The Athletic, our tech expert, was in Jerry World for both days, Big 12 Media Days. Uh, a good time was had by all. Steve Sarkeesian apparently did not get asked about Texas A&M, which is a first for a Texas coach at Big 12 Media Days, so congratulations on, on that monumental achievement. Coach Sark. Sam, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm tired, but I'm good. It was shaking a lot of hands, kissing a lot of babies for Sark. And uh, it was good to see everybody. I mean, you know, it's our first media days in two years. So it was nice to just see everybody and uh, meet guys face-to-face, do interviews face-to-face. I have been doing those this spring. You know, fortunately, I was able to get around the state throughout the spring. But doing it in this larger setting and seeing so many of my colleagues, many of whom I haven't been able to see very much, over the course of the last few months. It was really, really good to see them. So it was nice to be out in a productive few days in, in Arlington, Texas. I was hoping and praying there would be tons of football questions and that would that would dominate the the conversation because I I get the sense just from from what we hear from the listeners and what we hear from our readers that everybody really would like to talk about football. They're tired of talking about COVID. They're tired of talking about NIL. But then I see Bob Bowlesby, the, the commissioner of Big 12, get up and talk on the first day of Big 12 Media Days, and he's being peppered with COVID questions, which I guess we probably did need to get that part of it out of the way, figure out what, this, what the protocols will be, what the situation will be. Uh, I guess we, we just saw NC State's baseball team get yanked out of the College World Series, so it's not, not done yet. But I don't want to make this an all-COVID show. So we're going to we're going to do the covid thing and get it out of the way and then we're going to talk about football. So what what did the cuz I have a feeling what Bowlesby and the Big 12 said will be fairly similar across the the Power 5 conferences. But what did they say about protocols and how that's going to work? They're, they're urging teams to get vaccinated because what they don't want to get into a situation is is having to postpone and modify games like they did last year. And though it wasn't explicitly said, the sense was that they're not going to be postponing and uh, canceling and moving games around. It's going so to be basically you're, you're not for- able to go. 
right. You're forfeiting. Yeah. If you're not ready to go, you're forfeiting the game. We're not going to be doing what we did last year. And that's that's the, the, uh, the impetus for the Big 12. And Bowlesby was saying, he goes, we're going to continue to encourage and stress that this is we need our teams to get vaccinated. We need players to get vaccinated so that we all don't end up in those situations. And NC State will be used as a cautionary tale. And Lincoln Riley even said that, hey, when guys are vaccinated and some guys aren't, that may factor into how you game plan because if one guy isn't, he's taking a test on Friday. You don't know if he's available because if he pops yeah. positive on Friday, he's not. And so you have to make those. So I think coaches are going to be much more. They've all said it's going to be the player's choice, which it has been. But I think they're going to you know, probably you know try to means. nudge them. Yeah, yeah. they're going to try to that, nudge that, them. That means we're 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 gonna we're gonna set the depth chart based on whether you're vaccinated, and we'll know one way or the other. <laughs> right, because because what what do we know? The coaches like control. They want to control yeah. what they can control and eliminate risk. And the best way to do that is making sure those guys are vaccinated, so that we don't have to worry about testing on Fridays. Okay, so that that's that's interesting, and and I have a feeling just from talking to folks in some other leagues, that's exactly how the other leagues are going to handle it too. So, I and mean, I'm just trying to imagine, like, let's say Texas has to forfeit Texas OU, how insane <laughs> would that? Like, people would go berserk. So, let, let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope everybody gets it all taken care of. Everybody has enough players. I think we're to that point now. And and yeah. my thing is, if you're going to sell all the tickets. You're not worried about the fans all being together. Let's just get it done. Let's just go play. So end of COVID discussion. We're, we're good. <laughs> They'll figure it out. I know everybody wants to talk about football, so let's talk about football. And I would imagine that Steve Sarkeesian was the guy that, that everybody wanted to talk to. And, uh, you know, he can't answer the is Texas back question. But, but what were the questions that he was getting that he may or may not have an answer to right now. That, that was the thing that fascinated me is that he was asked a lot of questions about Texas's past and there's nothing he can do about that. Like the first question he was asked on the main stage was, Hey, from afar, have you gotten to figure out what's wrong in Texas? And in six months, have you figured out the secret sauce? Like, come on, man, like this is Texas. And it's been a decade since they've been to a national championship game, more than a decade. Like, if they if somebody was able to figure it out that quickly, they would have done it by now. But I think Steve's message was was important. Was hey, we can't focus on what's happened before. Let's focus on us. Let's focus on how to get this thing right. And certainly, the quarterback conversation was a hot topic. Yeah, battle between Hudson Card and Casey Thompson, as it is every media days when there's a coach that has an undecided starting quarterback. And Steve has done a really good job not to tip his hand. And he was asked about the idea of him transferring. Uh, one of the whoever doesn't win the job transferring, and he said he's actually not overly concerned about it happening. He feels like that he, he's good enough with those guys that once he names a starter, that, that uh, the other one won't necessarily transfer right away, and that they both feel have enough ownership in this team, and that they're probably going to need both of them. And if they play a 14 game season like they hope to, that that they'll probably need two quarterbacks along the way anyway. So so there's a lot of different stuff but B. John Robinson is going to be the centerpiece of the offense he said that's which I think is probably makes the most sense uh, but I think it's the first time he's really said it that plainly that, that B. John's going to be the star uh, and I think it's probably a smart move on his part but uh, overall he was pretty tempered we weren't promising national championships we weren't promising going 10 and 2 or anything like that he was pretty tempered in how he was yeah I, I don't think there's any other choice at this point because we, we've seen what they are. We've seen what, what Texas has been the last few years, and there, there's no sense in having any sort of false bravado. Like, they, they've got to work their way 
back toward the top of the conference. And it's not, it's crazy. You know, we talked about this on the podcast multiple times. Ari and I talk about this all the time. It's not when they play Oklahoma that's the problem because that game last year was as close as close can get. But it's when they play TCU. It's when they play uh, West Virginia. It's when they play the, the, uh, Iowa State. It's those teams. Now, Iowa State's in a, a little bit different category than, than we normally see Iowa State. But those are the teams that they have to be able to beat if they're supposed to get where they are. What does Sark need to do to make them more consistent? They just got to be. They just got to play more consistent. They've got to be a little bit deeper. I think. I, I don't think the depth on this roster is as good as we've been sold it to be based on the recruiting rankings. And, and I say that because you look at what he's done in the transfer portal. They took a lot of linebackers because they weren't very deep there. They've taken a receiver, Xavier Worthy, because they need a speed guy on the outside. They don't really have a receiver to scare a defense right now. And to make Sarkeesian's offense work, you need that. They haven't had that guy. Uh, they, so I don't think this roster has been as good as maybe it's built to be from recruiting rankings. I think it was solid. I don't, I don't think it was bad. But I don't think it was as good as the top five teams in the country, which is kind of where they're ranked over the last four years. They're ranked in that group. So yeah. he's got to shore that up first and foremost. I think that's the number one task is shore up that roster, get some depth, and get some real dynamic playmakers. They do not have – he said it in the spring – we're going to run the same offense that we ran at Alabama, but it may not look like what it looked like at Alabama because we don't have Alabama players, and that's true. No, they especially don't have Alabama offensive linemen, and I think that's that's the part you'll probably notice right away. Uh, it, it blew my mind. I was actually looking at the 24-7 talent composite from, from 2020 because I was doing a, a Dear Andy column where I had a team superpower versus team the field, and the superpowers I, I was picking from the, the, the four – most talented programs, and that was who you would expect. It's it's Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State. Not in that order, actually. Georgia was number one. But number five was Texas, and that blew my mind <laughs> yeah. because that is not the fifth most talented program in the country. No, because you look at the draft results. It doesn't, it doesn't compute. It doesn't translate into the draft results. They're not in that same stratosphere with those teams. And that's, I think, the most important part. So is the raw talent there when on signing day? Maybe, but the, the development is not. And and that has got to be improved by a huge degree. And that's that's going to be on Sark as a play caller. That's going to be on Pete Gutkowski as a defensive coordinator on these position coaches to develop the talent they got because their signing classes are still really good. But they've got to be able to retain the guys. They've got to be able to develop the guys and provide the depth and have guys that play at the level that T- Gary Patterson's TCU teams play Yeah, the TCU teams that beat them most of the time. Right. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. You see this? 
this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm curious about Lincoln Riley because we, we it feels like there's not much to ask him right now because they're in a, a really good place. But this certainly feels like the best defense he's had as Oklahoma's head coach. It looked as as the last season ended that the offense was really coming around under Spencer Rattler. Could this be the best team he's had as Oklahoma's head coach? Yeah, I think so. And, and I was talking about this with Jason Kersey yesterday. If they've won the Big 12 this many times in a row without a really good defense, how much more dominant are they going to be when they do have a good defense, which they, we all, by all accounts, we think they will this year. That defensive line is fast and fierce and physical. I think it's going to be they're, they're able to get after the passer. If Rattler's able, I think if Rattler's able to take that next step on offense, as because as, I think he's really good, but I still think there's room for him to grow. If he's able to do that, Kennedy Brooks is back. Boy, they've got Marvin Mims as a sophomore is an absolute yeah. freak. I, I loved watching Marvin Mims last year. This team really could be the most complete Oklahoma team he's had since he's taken over as head coach. I don't think and, and that's a scary thought for the rest of the Big 12 because, you know, we talk about Iowa State and they had such a great season. They won the Fiesta Bowl. They bring so many guys back. But you kind of saw it at the in, in the Big 12 championship game. They just They're just not there with Oklahoma and, and they beat him earlier in the season, but that's when Rattler was sort of getting his sea legs. That's the part. I, I'm not sure anybody's close to there at this point with Oklahoma having a full off season to really get this, get this in shape. And I guess the question now is we're pretty sure Oklahoma is the best team in the big 12, but has Oklahoma taken that final step to where, when they play in Alabama, an Ohio State, a Clemson, can they compete? That's the question. And, and I think that was one of the questions for Lincoln yesterday was, this is a team, and he came, it's funny, he came in, the first thing he said when he got to the podium was, it's good to be back, it's good to be back in our second home. It's a little a little flex, a little confidence, because he knows that the, the, big, the big 12 title, that's theirs. They've already done that. That is the next frontier is the national championship or getting to the national championship, winning a playoff game. And this that's, I think, what this whole season is about for them because that because the defense is going to be that much better because Spencer Rattler's another year older and another year better because Kennedy Brooks is coming back. This is a team that should be a national title contender, and this is a team that if they get into the playoff, should win a playoff game. And that's, the, I think, the ultimate test. And if they don't, then, yeah, I think you're starting to – going to start to wonder when is it going to happen and, and I, I don't want to say things get stale because Lincoln is great and I don't think he's going anywhere nothing's like it happened but you, you know Bob Stoops at one point things got a little stale you know midway through the Bob Stoops era too you know at late 2010 late 2011 or thereabouts the, you know the, diff- the difference with that Sam though is they were getting smoked by Baylor when that was happening nobody in the Big 12 is capable of doing that to, to Oklahoma right now that that's what I say I don't I don't think you have a situation like when they had to to get rid of Josh Heupel and, and Jay Norvell. You know, this is more, 
how do you how do you compete with Alabama, which is sort of the, the $64,000 question in, in all of college football. So, but I mean, Lincoln said, I remember going to see him the year after he got the job and he said, we got to get better on the D line. We got to look like they do on the D line. They they're getting there They're yep. This is as close as they've been to that point. So that's, that's very good, but let's, let's move across the state of Oklahoma to the biggest news of big 12 media day. Mike Gundy has cut the mullet and his answer to the question as to why is Kathy, the lady he cuts, who cuts his hair, he likes her a lot, but he does not want to see her again until the end of the season is I'm going to, I'm going to go full like Colin Cowherd here. Is this a sign that Mike Gundy thinks his job's in jeopardy? (laughs) No, I think it's just Mike likes to give us things to talk about. And Mike likes to be the star of the show. And and that that was it was an astute observation. It was jarring to see, by the way. Like it's I've gotten so used to the mullet. It was just weird to see it. it to see not see it there anymore. But no, I think I think they're gonna be fine. I think Oklahoma State is still a good solid team. Are they gonna win the Big Twelve? Probably not. Are they gonna be in the mix for a Big Twelve title game spot? Perhaps. I think they're they're in that they're in that next tier after Oklahoma and Iowa State. They're in that group with TCU and Texas fighting for that spot that that third spot and potentially sneak into the big 12 title game you know but they're like they're like Spencer you know how good is Spencer Sanders going to be you know is he going to be a little bit better you know they've got a lot of guys back on defense I think they got I think they got a chance to be better but but I I think Gundy's fine it's just it's weird it's weird not to see him with he left the business pretty long like there's supposed to be a mullet under there, but there's not. So <laughs> the, the business is tall, but the party's not there anymore in the back. That's and right. I'm, That's I'm, right. I'm concerned. Something it's feels jarring. wrong as I look at this picture. It's jarring. It was so jarring to see. But it, it, like I said, just if if you were going to cut it off, maybe just cut the whole thing short. Especially you're in the summer. It's Texas right now. It's very hot yeah. here. You don't need to have all that right now. It's also probably holding a lot water. of sweat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That too. I mean, it's it's just a lot, but. Uh, it was something, it was a talking point today. It was probably one of the most, that and the horns down were probably the two most interesting things that were talked about today. So, no, so <laughs> oh yes, I, I, I do need to get this straight because I did see what the coordinator of officials said. So if you would like to sh- flash the horns down at your own fans, if you're a non-Texas player, that's cool. If you flash horns down at a Texas player, that's a penalty. Probably. Do I have that right? <laughs> Probably. probably Greg 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 Burks qualified everything with probably, <laughs> and that's the thing that's so maddening about this whole thing. There's no certainty. And here's my question: Why do we hate fun? What is wrong with flashing the horns down? And I'm I'm not someone who hates Texas or anything like that. But if you're able to do this, why can't they do that? What is the difference? Barry Switzer wore a hat that said beat Texas. Like <laughs> it's okay to not like your rival. It's okay to make fun of them. Yeah, I what I hope happens is if this interpretation of the rule is true and that's how that's how they're gonna handle it. I want like during the Oklahoma Kansas State game for an Oklahoma player to score and flash horns down. And then a K-State player to score and flash horns down just to be like, <laughs> no, none of us like Texas. We're all in this that's together. Right. That's right. No, I, here's here's I'll, do, I'll tell you something that was interesting. Sark was asked about it, by the way. And he said, you know, I didn't know it was such a big deal. But he said, if you want to celebrate by putting the horns down and you care that much about us, I kind of think it's a little bit of a term of endearment or a sign of endearment. I so it's agree. Whatever. 
Yeah. The, 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 the phrase rent free inside your head should be used in, in that situation. Like if we are that much inside your head, you go right ahead and throw those horns down because that means you're thinking about us all the time. That means we are in your brain. And wasn't there, wasn't, wasn't there a study at some point where they said that 11 teams once claimed Texas as their rival or something like that? Well, and, and, and David Ubbin and I did a whole podcast. He thinks Arkansas should go back to the Big 12 because apparently the only people they know how to hate are Texas. Like, <laughs> they don't know how to hate any other teams. Like, they can't figure out how to hate LSU properly or Ole Miss. So they got to go back to the – they got to go – or not back to the Big 12, but go to the Big 12 so they can reunite with Texas – from the Southwest Conference and hate them because they just apparently can't bring themselves to hate anyone else. Oh, you know that's going to be the most charged atmosphere in college football this year is in Fayetteville when they host Texas in, in week two. Like, oh, it's going to be incredible. So, yeah, I, I, I'm actually hope any Arkansas fans are listening, but I'm kind of with Ubin on that Arkansas. I, I'm always – and see, I grew up with Southwest Conference, so I would always like to all the Southwest Conference teams to get back together and – Maybe we throw in like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Nebraska, and make like a super Southwest Conference, like the old original nine, and then throw Oklahoma, and everybody, Oklahoma, everybody Oklahoma throws State, horns Nebraska. down. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> oh, Do it. I miss those we, days. We, yeah, I, I mean, sure, and and I think the Houston Cougars would be thrilled with that too. So of course, of course, it's the Rice Owls. And <laughs> oh, they would. So, so I, I miss those days. It was some fun times. Uh, Sampray with cash, they used to say. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, you you mentioned Gary Patterson before, and and TCU is an interesting case because it feels like they've been down for a little while, and you start to wonder, okay, is Gary Patterson losing his fastball? At what point are they either going to be competitive in the league again, or is that it for him? Because he's been doing this for a long time. He's been their head coach for over 20 years now. They, They are... They've been good in every league they've been in, and they've been in pretty much every league. And and they've been good in the Big 12. They've been elite in the Big 12 at times, but it it feels like that something has to change offensively. And I'm curious, like Kenny Hill coaching quarterbacks for them. <laughs> I love that. Kenny Trill, I was at the game where he won the, the first game Heisman against yes. South Carolina. But I talked to him at, at the end of his career when he was finishing up, and he was so much more mature. Like the experience he had at Texas A&M and then going to, to TCU and winning that job, he w- he was like, it was like talking to a 35-year-old guy when he was 23. And so I, I'm glad to see that he's just sort of extended that. Now he's, he's teaching Max Duggan what to do. Yeah, no, and I was talking to Max about it yesterday. Just like what's it like to get coached by that guy? And he said, you know, it's it's really good because they're closer in age, you know, because Kenny was just there not long ago. Yeah. He's been in the same position that Max is in. And so he's got some real real you know, knowledge and real experience that is from this recent day. It's not, you know, a quarterback's coach that played this sport 25 years ago when, we, you know, we weren't running spread offenses all over the place. This is a guy who's played in basically the same scheme and done the same stuff and knows exactly what – what needs to be done and so max likes him he thinks it's he's been a great asset he's, he's been a big help to him and it's funny it also dates me to to cover when we cover players and they end up being coaches yeah. it just makes me feel a little old but i think it, it i think it's a for gary i think it's a, a good sign it's you know 
he's got some pretty good continuity on his staff for the most part. You know, Chad Glasgow has been with him for a long time. A lot of those guys on defensive staff have been there. But he's had some shakeups on the offensive staff. And I think go, going with a former player seems to, seems to be a model that's worked for him. You know, in the past, Zarno Fitch, defensive line coach, is also a former player of his as well. I mean, it's those those seem to work out pretty well for for Gary, and I think it's a good way of trying to keep keep it fresh. And I think it's good for the players. I think it's good for Max, and and they really do need to get better. Max has got to be a better better at throwing the football, being more accurate, making better decisions throwing the football because he's a great athlete. But that part's got to get better this year. For them. Yeah, and, and it feels like. If they could develop a consistent offense, they will be, you know, back being one of those teams that can beat other teams that aren't Texas. And you know, that's that's just where that it feels like that's where TCU should be because they they got there so quickly after they joined the Big Twelve, and so that that's what you wonder. Okay, is it was this sort of just natural kind of settling after that initial surge when they got in? But we'll see. I'm very curious to see what they do. The the one thing I wanted to ask you, I had this joke teed up since like Tuesday. I wanted to be like, did anybody give Lance Leipold a hug? But because it's Kansas and nothing goes right for Kansas and not, Kansas can't do anything correctly, they could not even get to Big 12 Media Day. So he appeared via Zoom. No, it was so bad. And at some point there was a, dialogue box that popped up on the screen when Lance Leipold was on there that said that they had just upgraded to the premium version of Zoom and so it was just <laughs> it's going to cut off <laughs> so we avoided a disaster fortunately but I felt bad because I think it was a chance this was really going to be a good chance for Lance to come you know meet everybody shake hands and get guys to know him because you know a lot of people down here and you know in this part of the country haven't covered Buffalo football. You know, they don't, they haven't had a lot of real first hand experience. They didn't cover any Wisconsin whitewater. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, this was going to be an introduction for him and, and, you know, even their players that, you know, just got new suits and everything. It's an exciting chance for them. It's, it's fresh, you know, certainly I'm sure there would have been some questions about the past, but it, that it really has nothing to do with them. And so it was going to be a really good chance for them. It's unfortunate it didn't work out, but I will tell you that Lance, I, I think he's a really good fit for that job. Uh, you know, especially doing what he did at Buffalo because he took over a program that was maybe not as in bad shape as Kansas, but was not in great shape when he took it over. Yeah. And he did wow. a good job of building it up. And, you know, I, I did meet him when he came down to Dallas in May for the big SMU mega camp where there was like 4,000 kids and 400 coaches. And he had his staff out here and they're getting after it. You know, uh, you know he's got he got a lot of the Buffalo guys with him, but he kept some of the Kansas guys. Emmett Jones was the interim is, is still there. He's recruiting the heck out of the state of Texas. They're still trying to get guys out of this state to go there. And I, it's going to take some time, just like with anybody with that job. But I think he's got the right attitude. And, and once he's able to get an assessment of what he has and get some recruiting done of his own, I think there's some, there's a chance that they could, you know, make improve some things and, and take some steps in the right direction. But it's unfortunate that he couldn't come because I think it would have been a great chance for everybody to catch, kind of get to know him. I just, it just, at this point, he's got to be like, what else? What, yeah. <laughs> what else? Come on. Throw, throw it all. Well, yeah. you got to go play on the teal turf in Conway, South Carolina. So it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But that, that's yeah. all right. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. One guy who it, it started out real bad for, and, and I'm curious to see how he's adjusting to it, because Dave Aranda had never been a head coach before. He, he's thrown into this situation in, in, in the COVID year. And, you know, there were first-time head coaches who had good years in the COVID year, like uh, Sam Pittman at Arkansas, even though the record may not have reflected that, but he they were much better. But like Jeff Halfley at Boston College. But Dave Aranda, it did not work year one. Uh, they split with Larry Fedora as, as offensive coordinator, go, you know, go a different direction there. Can that, can that turn around? This, this is a program that was in the big 12 championship game in Matt rules last year. Can they get back to even, I'm just going to say respectability. I'm not going to say competing for a big 12 title, but can Dave Aranda be a coach of a team that can beat some people and, and have a respectable season in the big 12? Yeah, I think they got a chance to go bowling. I think that's a realistic goal. I don't anticipate they're going to be in the top three or four of the conference. I just, I think they'll take a big step forward because I think they'll have some continuity on offense. You know, they'll have an identity. They didn't, they didn't have one. They had a mismatch of Larry Fedora and Jordan Munoz and it turned out to be a mess. So Jeff Grimes, we know what he's going to do. It's going to be a lot of wide zone. It's going to be a lot of rollout play action pass. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty simple. What's gonna What's gonna happen there? We know what's gonna happen. So at least the messaging on that part's gonna be clean and it's gonna be easy, so to speak, in terms of just not having to guess what you're doing. But they got ten starters back on defense. They got a Puaika, the defensive tackle transfer from LSU, who I think is gonna be a stud. He he was bullying guys around in spring football. So I think they'll be better. They should win a few games. And like I said, I think bowling is a is a reasonable goal. But I I wouldn't expect them to get to. You know, flirting with the top three spot or anything. I think they're probably a few years away from that. But Aranda, I think, is is now that he's figured out what he needs to do from a culture standpoint. I was talking with Dennis Polian, who was up here today, about this. That was, I think, the big thing that was lacking for them last year. And on top of the offensive identity, was no real culture. You know, did the, the in part losing the in person part hurt Dave? And that because Dave is a very in person, personable guy. Like he's right. He needs to talk to you, see you face to face, because I think he's he's a unique individual, and in that uh, all his messaging and just he, he makes you know sitting around, you just you feel comfortable with that guy. You know, he's he's just got a way about right. him, and, and his he, best he's impact. Not, he's not a car salesman coach no, by any means. He not he is at all. a he's very cerebral, and he, yeah, I can see where you would lose a lot of him over Zoom. Like it just a lot of that wouldn't connect, but in person, very much connects. Yeah, and so and the other thing was too is and we talked about this in spring. He got lost in X's and O's because that's what he's always been. He's always been a, a guy that just as a defensive coordinator, I sit in my defensive room and I get on the board. 
that's all he had to do. All this other stuff that you have to do to be a head coach in college football it was well beyond that. You have to manage egos. You have to manage coaching. You have to manage all these personalities and all this administrative stuff. And that was all a learning experience for him. So I think now that he's gotten that, now that he's understood and they're, they're in person, he can build his culture and he can you know, pour into his players in the way that he wants. I think they'll be better off for it. And I think the fact that they, at least on his side of the ball, They've got a ton of guys back, and they got an impact transfer coming. That gives them a chance to, to be in some ball games and, and to win some ball games this year. Well, Sam, you got to see almost everybody in person. Uh, you, you left with a belly full of biscuits. Uh, Max yes. Olson sent me the menu of the place you guys ate tonight. Uh, you had the the fancy chicken biscuit, which had secret sauce. Uh, it sounded like a, a Chick-fil-A type biscuit with secret sauce. I'm assuming secret sauce is Thousand Island. That's everybody's it's secret sauce. Tasted it a little, a little thinner than that, but yeah, it was about that type okay. of flavor. So I would have gone because I've got the menu in front of me. Uh, I don't. I, what is this place called, by the way? The Biscuit Bar. It's in Arlington. Biscuit Bar in Arlington. Okay, so I would have gone with the Rough Night for thirteen dollars <laughs> and ten cents. You can get uh, this. This is a biscuit. A biscuit with, for thirteen dollars. Biscuit is biscuit is a <laughs> relative term. This is a they are like big. a you know manhole cover. <laughs> covering some other food. Uh, Southern fried chicken, burger patty, ham, turkey, pulled pork, crispy bacon, tater tots, and cheddar. And then it's all between the biscuit halves and then dumped with sausage gravy. That sounds like the most amazing thing in the world that you would have to take a 27-hour nap after. I told you, if I had eaten that, we would not have done this podcast. I would already be asleep right now. And, so, and I would have respected the hell out of you for that. <laughs> but I did. So I went the lighter one so that I could also get the tots because their tots were good because they had they had different styles of tots. And I got the breakfast style, which had some little bacon pieces. That's the little cheese sauce and a fried egg. And when I cracked mm. it, the little egg dripped in there. It was fantastic. Also, oh, that sounds amazing. It, it was it was wonderful. So we ate well and. Uh, it was a good couple of days. And then actually, and now actually after this, I'm going to head down to San Antonio for the Texas High School Coaches Convention where 13,000 high school coaches and all the college staffs in state will be. So going to be a busy, what uh, busy could possibly go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, when we used to go to this thing back in the day, we used to go sit on the river walk and wait at, at night to see which coach was the first one to fall in. Well, I, we've got a bunch of new blood in the state of Texas among the college ranks. So I don't I don't know who to pick. I don't I don't have a I don't have a top seed on that one anymore. So but you'll have to just text me as soon as somebody falls in. That's, yes. that, that's all that really yeah. matters. Sam Khan, thank you so much. Drive safe. Thank you so much, Andy.